Welcome to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast, your source for the latest news on Google for education, tips, tricks, and teaching ideas you can use in class tomorrow. And here are your hosts, Matt Miller from DitchThatTextbook.com and Casey Bell from ShakeUpLearning.com. Tribe, and welcome back to another episode of the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. And today's episode is going to focus a lot around the Google Innovator Academy, which I know for me, when I first started finding out about it, I was totally, totally fascinated with this. And we're going to talk a lot about the details of it, but kind of thinking about this leading up to it, it's kind of got me going a little nostalgic thinking back to the time that Casey and I went through the Google Teacher Academy together. So uh, Casey, that was a that was a pretty cool, pretty cool moment, wasn't it? Oh, the first time Matt and I met. Yeah, that's <laughs> the first right. Time that yeah. we met Days. Yes, I do. Yeah. I, I do. It was. I mean, it's the first time we got to meet a lot of the people that I think that you and I have stayed connected with too. Um, yeah. It was such an incredible experience, and and you know the people that that we've met and had several actually on the on the podcast already. People who were part of our cohort, and you know, it was it was a fantastic experience. I can't believe it's been what almost three years. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. I think that it has been. That's, that's nuts. And I remember thinking, oh, this is going to be like the coolest conference I've ever went to. And I was expecting it to be kind of like a regular teacher conference, but it ended up being something totally different. And we're going to kind of dig into that a little bit in this episode. So Casey, do you want to tell us a little bit about what we got coming? I do. So inside this episode, we have a fantastic interview with one of my friends, Mason Mason, and he's going to tell us all about his experience at the Google Innovator Academy in Sweden. Yes, everybody can be jealous now. Uh, Of course, we've got a couple of news and updates to share and some feedback from our listeners and a a couple of things from from the blogosphere that we want to share. So you ready to go? Yeah, let's get right to it. All right, let's jump into some Google news and updates. We don't have too uh, much in our list today because we really want to get to our interview, but a couple of things that people will be excited about. One is we have an expanded page hierarchy in Google Sites now, and that sounds really minor, but what that means is now you can have nested pages up to five deep in terms of how you organize your site in the new Google Sites, and so that's something that people have been waiting on. We previously only had two. So now we're, we're up to five. So that's going to give us a lot of flexibility in how we organize those sites. I think that's a a great update. Of course, I'm still hanging on and waiting for a few more in Google sites. I know you are too. Oh, yes. And the the other one that I want to mention, and you may or may not see this yet because this is going to depend on your settings in your G Suite for Education accounts, but inside Gmail, We now have the ability to use add-ons. Yes, add-ons are everywhere, right? We just got them in Google Slides. Now you can jump into Gmail, go to your settings, and go to Get Add-ons. And so there's a little Get Add-ons gallery there, just like it is inside Docs and Slides and everywhere else. Right now, it's a pretty short list. And you'll see um, that it's it's mostly focused on productivity, which would make sense. Of course, that's what, you know, Gmail does. So if you're like a Trello user or things like that, you have the option now to to 
use some of those add-ons inside Gmail, but I'm excited just to see where this takes us. Again, I always tell people that Google plays well with others. (laughs) And so in (laughs) terms of working with other products, and that's usually what add-ons are. Add-ons are usually third-party products, um, extensions and apps and things like that. And, And Google likes to make our favorite apps work with Google products too. So, so I'm excited to see where that will go. And then last week in episode 27, we talked a lot about feedback. And I swear, Matt, it was like right after we finished recording, I get this right. tweet and uh, and heard about this awesome new Chrome extension from the Ed Tech team. So tell us about that. Yeah, this this is pretty cool. So what we were talking about was how you can use Google Keep and make kind of like a bulleted list in Google Keep and have it open in your Google Docs um, along the side with the Keep notepad. And then you can copy your frequently used comments off of that bulleted list in Google Keep and just paste it right into Docs, which is great. And then we just recently found out about this cool Chrome extension called Checkmark, and it is created by the EdTech team. And it's all, and a large part of it has to do with this thing they call canned comments. And so basically, what you do is you highlight text, and the checkmark pop up shows up right above your cursor. And then you can, there are little abbreviations, and you just pick the one, you know what the abbreviations are because you set them up, and then it inserts a comment automatically. So if you constantly find yourself uh, asking students about, you know, check your punctuation, or you need to revise this sentence, or whatever, this is this is a... Um, this is a functionality that's built. This Chrome extension is just to do, you know, that as well as some other things too. Um, so that's good. In fact, right after we recorded, we had Heather Moores from Quebec, Canada, who sent us a message and said, Hey, you guys ought to check this out. So thanks for the heads up, Heather. And then also we got a message too from Rachel Smith. She's from the Isle of Man, which is right between the United Kingdom and Ireland. And, um, she was telling us about this permanent clipboard extension. And so it's kind of a similar deal where it, it's got all of these little phrases that you can insert right into documents. So, um, either one of these would be good. I'm really fascinated with, um, how this checkmark extension works. So, uh, of course, we've got links to both of those in our show notes at googleteachertribe.com slash 28. And then there was one other little thing that I just started to notice. Um, and most of the reason that I noticed was because Mike Muhammad, who um, is from Wisconsin, he's Mo underscore physics on Twitter and a, a regular tweeter to the GT tribe hashtag. And he's he pointed this out that... In some Google accounts, I'm not sure if they've rolled this out to everybody yet, but whenever you click on the file name of a file, once you've already named it, when you click on that file name, it shows you where it is located. It displays the name of like the folder that this file is in. So I was going, hey, this de- I, I've never seen this before. And so in my, um, my Google for work, which, you know, I would think that Maybe if you do Google for Education, it may have shown up for you also, but um, I tried this out and it popped up and it said right next to the file name, it said in my drive or in whatever folder it is. So whenever you rename things, you don't have to guess about where it is because it just automatically shows you. And that's just one of those little things that has just popped up recently that I thought might be worth mentioning. The Google Teacher Tribe podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network, 
podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great education podcasts, go to edupodcastnetwork.com. All right, Tribe, we've got a great guest for you today, and this is one I've been looking forward to for a while. And part of the reason we've been looking forward to it for a while is because we had to wait for this guest to get back into the country to be able to do this interview. And so with us today, we've got Mason Mason. Yes, that's his real name. And he's going to tell us a little bit about his um, his recent trip out of the country to Sweden for the Google Innovator Academy. So Mason, thank you so much for being on the show. And can you tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it, Casey and Matt. Uh, I'm an educator in Dallas, um, and I have the pleasure of supporting teachers all over the country in integrating technology into the classroom. Former English teacher and digital instructional coach uh, at the secondary level. So just happy to be here with you guys today. We are so happy, can I say, super excited to have Mason on today. Mason and I have been connected uh, both in person and online for quite a while now. He's local to me, and we've worked together a lot and just got to see him on, on Saturday at the Don't Mess With uh, Google Classroom conference that we did with Alice Keeler. And Mason's smile is just infectious. And so I w- as soon as he told me that he got into the Innovator Academy, I was already thinking he's the one he's the one we need to have on the podcast and you know so I was immediately going to I'm like I've, I've got the best interview this is gonna be awesome because so many people have questions about the Innovator Academy what is it what does it take to get in and it's such a, a distinguished honor and such a, a great program and it's changed so much since Matt and I have actually gone through it uh, aka Google Teacher Academy that we really want to learn more about, you know, what's going on. And of course, the fact that you got to do it in Sweden, which is so much cooler than, 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 than my little local trip in Texas. So, um, <laughs> so I, I have to, I have to share my excitement and, and just always love sharing what you're doing and, um, hearing all of the amazing things that, that you have to share with the tribe today. So, uh, so let's get started. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So tell us why you wanted to pursue this. Why did you want to become a Google certified innovator? It actually started um, with me just wanting to be more involved with Google for Education. I realized the impact that it has for students and the impact that it has for teachers. I just wanted to be able to spread my impact with helping educators help students trying to become a Google for Education certified innovator was just a natural extension of that goal that I had for myself and wanting to better um, education for students. When I learned about the innovator program, I thought this is the perfect fit for me. The next step was then get in um, because (laughs) I heard a lot that it's not so easy, Um, but I was lucky to get in on my first attempt. Um, But that's because I know a lot of innovators, Casey and Matt, um, and a lot of other of my friends and people in my professional learning network are innovators. And so even as I was going through the process of applying, um, I made sure to reach out to as many innovators as I could to get feedback. Um, am I on the right track? Um, how does my vision deck look? How do my 
answers to these questions look. Um, any feedback you can provide me so that I can have the best application possible would be greatly appreciated. And that kind of helped me out a lot. Mason, I was hoping you could tell us a little bit about that application process, because I know that um, it only comes around every so often. There are, you know, there's a limited number of application dates every year, and there are only certain locations around the world where you can get in. So I was wondering if you could tell us sort of like what the the major steps are to applying, and then any of those those little tips that you've got for any of them as you tell us about them too. Okay, so that's absolutely right. And it's so funny because they offer a few cohorts, uh, different places around the world. And I actually had every intention in implying to the cohort that was going to be in Sydney, Australia. And so my first tip is going to be pay attention to when the application is due. Because the application said it was due at midnight. And I'm like, oh, I got this. My application is done. I'm reading and rereading. And I go to submit for the Sydney cohort and I was 12 hours late because it wasn't midnight local time for me. Oh, it, no. was, it was midnight Sydney, Australia time. So I was half a day late and I'm like, oh, OK, so I will wait to the next cohort. And I ended up applying to the Sweden cohort. So that that's a good tip to know. Um, also, when I did the application, you have character limits. But when I looked, I thought it was word limits. So I pulled everything you needed for the application out and I put it into a Google Doc. And I was working on that Google Doc and I was making sure that I had 500 words or less for each of my answers. But then when I went to submit my application for the Sweden cohort, it wasn't 500 words or less. It was 500 characters or less. I had to go back and then really be concise and have economy of language in my application, but also try to get the point across that I was trying to make in my innovator uh, project. Um, and so that's what you do. You, uh, one of the key components is um, having this innovative idea, this innovation project that you want to launch as a part of the Innovator Academy. That's really what it's all about. Um, and coming up with that idea that kind of can really help stand out to help students, to help teachers, to help education um, is a big component of it. And then usually in the application, they'll um, ask some different questions. And I think it varies a little bit by application, um, like who do you admire in education or something along those lines. Um, and so looking at the application and seeing what those questions are going to be um, and then having that economy of language with the answers you do also have to have at least the Google for Education Certified Level 2. Uh, so those are some of the steps that you have to take um, when applying. Um, and then two big components of the application process are the vision deck and the vision video. The vision deck, you just spend about five slides. And I think this rule has been changed over time because I think people used to have a lot more slides for their vision deck. I think Google is focusing on that economy of language. And, and so you can get five slides to kind of outline what your vision is. And that vision starts by identifying a problem and your vision is the solution to that problem. And then your vision video, uh, you have one minute to articulate more about that innovator project that you're uh, hoping to launch through the Innovator Academy. That's super challenging. I mean, you know, not only the economy of language, but, you know, video production. And I, I know 
just taking out breaths sometimes just to get, to get it all into the video. I wanted to take a second to go back just to make sure because I know that we'll have a lot of questions, but I, I did include a link in the show notes to the information about the the Google Innovator Academy. So you can get that at googleteachertribe.com slash 28. But I also wanted to read to you from that page just so everybody kind of understands what it means to be an innovator and kind of who they're looking for. Um, because they're looking for these these innovative thought leaders who have these ideas for for projects that will incite a lot of change, um, like, like Mason's describing here. So um, real quickly, just because I feel like this is an important piece of this, but candidates for the Google for Education Certified Innovator Program are selected based on their professional experience, their passion for teaching and learning, their innovative use of technology in their school settings, and their potential impact on other educators. They are ambassadors for change who empower other educators and students through a thriving innovation culture within their own classroom schools and organizations. So, uh, and I think an, an important distinction that they made when they shifted from certified teacher to certified innovator is also that it's not just classroom teachers. You know, this program is open to all types of educators and, and sort of making that distinction. And, and, you know, we get a lot of certification questions in general. And like you mentioned, you have to be level two in order to apply. So um, in, in terms of, of clicking submit on that application uh, and the waiting process, can you tell us a little bit about that experience? How, how long did it take and how nervous were you? <laughs> I was extremely nervous because I, I was already looking to the future. I'm like, okay, I finally got an application in. And because I hear stories of people applying three, four, five, and sometimes six times before getting accepted to the academy. So when I applied to Sweden, I'm like, okay, I take a breath now. Um, and, but then I was also looking to the next cohort just in case. Uh-huh. <laughs> Failing forward, you know, the, the same things that we teach our kids, having that grit, that perseverance and the, the ability to fail forward. I just would learn from this opportunity and use it to the next opportunity. But um, they actually have it down now to where you submit. And I think it took maybe a little over a week before they announced uh, the innovators for our Sweden cohort. Uh, they, I think they have a lot of people in the background who uh, form these teams with a rubric to score the applications. Uh, and they do it pretty fast. And so I found out pretty fast. Um, and But even in that week's time, I'm like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> and But it's so funny because someone else tweeted about me getting in before I got my email um, and so I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I'm <laughs> totally freaked out. And I'm like, what are they talking about? And I saw the email right afterward. And I'm like, yeah, I was in the car going crazy. I was with my best friend. He hadn't, he, he's not in education. He just didn't understand. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> this is huge. This is really huge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I remember for me, I remember dancing around my mom and dad's dining room whenever it happened. We just happened to be over there. And I've even heard of some people where they were at a teacher conference when, the announcement came and it was like right in the middle of a keynote and so you've got this whole room of people and like there's four or five people all around the room and you hear this random yes oh (laughs) yes yes you know kind of like all sprinkled throughout this this quiet keynote and everything so um so thank goodness that the the wait isn't as long but of course the wait always does make it worth it when when you get in and so now that 
you know, in in this progression as we're talking here, um, now you've made it in. And so um, just sort of give us some of the, the highlights of the actual academy itself, like, you know, making it to Sweden. What were some of the parts of the actual academy itself? Um, what were the best, you know, sort of the best things that, that came out of it? Absolutely. Um, the academy, I think, is one of those once in a lifetime experiences. Um, and the reason they're able to have them at different places all over the world is because they have them at the Google offices in these different locations. And so we were at the Google offices in Stockholm, Sweden. Um, there, the bulk of the academy is all about us refining um, our innovator ideas. And we do that through the design thinking process. So we spend the bulk of three days going through a deep dive of this design thinking process where we are making sure that the problem that we've identified is the proper solution to that problem. So we're trying to refine uh, our innovative project to make sure that we're really identifying our user, the needs of our user, and then the solution, having the right solution that our users are going to need to help address the problem that we're looking at. Our cohort was really unique in the fact that we had um, 37 people and we were from 19 different countries. That was amazing to be able to connect with educators literally from all over the world. They showed us how even at Google, um, their engineers and their designers use the design thinking process to iterate and to come up with products that we see on the phones, that we see in Chromebooks, that we see on the web. Um, and so being able to get that behind the scenes look at these innovations from one of the best countries in the world, from, from one of the best companies in the world, um, it just eye opening to we know that we're doing the right thing by going through this process to make sure that we kind of come up with the best projects that we can for these solutions that we've identified. So uh, really an incredible experience. Yeah, sounds like it. Can you tell us real briefly what the Google office was like there? It, it's a nondescript building. You cannot tell. And so some buildings, you can tell from the outside that it's a Google office or a Google headquarters. Right. This one is nondescript in Stockholm. It's off a major street in the center of the city. Um, and so it's not till you go in and you go up this small flight of stairs that you see uh, the Google logo and you go in. Uh, but one of the really cool things when you go in, uh, when visitors go in and they get visitor badges, there's a phone booth set up. It's like a Google phone booth, but they use that booth to sign in and to print out the badge. Um, but this one was multi-levels with multiple rooms, um, lots of um, bright lighting screens, uh, bright colors. Um, the Google cafeteria, FYI, I could eat there every day. Oh, the cafeterias, um, yes. <laughs> um, some really great food that they served. And uh, some of it was a little unique because we were, we're in Sweden. So it was dishes like I had fish stew for the first time. And I'm an adventurous eater. And I'm like, I'm going to try it. And it was pretty good. Um, <laughs> but I think what you would imagine Google to be like, if you've ever seen photos from is it, is it Mountain View, where their headquarters are in California, uh, very similar, very similar in Stockholm, Sweden. It is just something being on a campus. And yes. and if you've ever just get a chance to visit in general, I highly recommend, you know, even just seeing some of the things that are open to visitors. But it is, is such a unique experience. And I think Matt and I left the Teacher Academy 
very much inspired, but so much inspired by the people. And that's what I love about your story and the fact that you had 19 different countries represented and that that that's way more international than than our Texas event ended up being. But um, I can't wait to see what comes out of these projects. So would you mind sharing a little bit about your project? I don't mind at all. Because I've been working with adult learners a lot over the last couple of years, um, doing lots of training and professional development, um, one of the things I've noticed is that PD in general needs a revamp. And I, and I think of this old joke that was going around on social media where a teacher could die in a professional development and no one would notice. <laughs> That's how... <laughs> unengaged everyone is. And so my idea, it's a, it's a pun and it's a play on words and it's an acronym. It's called Plane PD. Um, and it's a play on airplane, um, but it's actually an acronym for how to transform professional development. Uh, the P is professional development that is personalized. The L is professional development that is learner inspired and learner centered. The A is PD that is aerodynamic, like an airplane, a.k.a. PD that is well-designed. The N is professional development that is needed. And the E is PD that is engaging. I hope to build a framework, get actual experience from educators all over the nation who are embodying these qualities in PD um, and showing other educators um, this model that they can use when training teachers and when offering professional development for teachers so that we can really make it uh, useful for them so that they can help transform teaching and learning for students. I love it. it, and it, But I have to share this because you sent your video to me before you submitted, and it's so unique. So after you've explained the story, now tell us, Mason, where did you record your video for your application? Okay, so I really wanted to have a unique video, and I knew it was going to have something to do with planes, um, but I didn't exactly know what to do. And so I talked to a few innovators, and I got a few ideas. And the, at first, the thought was, well, I, I, I'm at airports a lot now because I'm traveling around the country, so I should shoot it at an airport. It, it's the perfect setting for plane PD and talking about plane PD. Um, but what I ended up doing was shooting it on the actual airplane. You know, they're really strict on airplanes. And so <laughs> I, I was on a flight back into Dallas and everyone had got off the plane and I went up to the flight attendants. I'm like, hey, I'm doing this project for Google. You won't completely understand, but I just need a little bit of assistance and a little bit of time. Um, I need one of you to be in the video with me. I need the other of you to hold my phone and record the video. So I did it in one take on um, like a 747 air jumbo jet or something <laughs> that was a Virgin America. Um, but the flight attendants were super nice. Um, they helped me out uh, and we recorded my one minute video in one minute. <laughs> wow. I love it. I love it. And you didn't get dragged off a plane or anything. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> wow. That's great. Very good. Oh my goodness. I'm so glad that we've gotten the opportunity to do this. This is, this is great. So I'm, I'm always fascinated to hear more about more details about the way that the Innovator Academy is changing. And I know when I first found out about it, I was just dying for details. It felt so much like it was kind of like shroud in secrecy and, and everything. And um, yeah. so, so yeah, I'm so glad to have you share. So um, Mason, before we let you go, can you let us know if, if any of the listeners in the tribe want to get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? 
Um, I'm pretty much, and I, I learned this tip from Casey, when you're branding yourself, you want to have that the same brand across pretty much all of social media. So I am EdTech Mason pretty much all across social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, very good. Oh man, this is this has been an awesome interview. Thank you so much, Mason, for giving us some time and and chatting with us about the Innovator Academy. Yeah, thank you. And I, I guarantee you, you will be contacted with more questions from the tribe. So yep. uh, we appreciate your time, and thank you so much for sharing the inspiration surrounding the Google Certified Innovator Academy. So I have to mention that I really could have talked to Mason forever. <laughs> I really, oh, yes. I, I still had more questions, but I want to let everybody know that we have included some additional information in the show notes. So if you go to googleteachertribe.com slash 28, you can see an example of his application video and ways to connect with him and actually go, uh, go a little retro and see Matt and ours, uh, our application videos from three years ago. Yeah. as well. So yes, you can go poke fun at us. And then we have some other things like I constantly am answering questions about Google certifications in general. And so there's so many out there. There's so many questions. I just recently posted a, a free ebook download to help people understand the Google certified trainer process. So not to confuse anyone. I know we're we're all over the board. There's so many different certifications, but um, you can get that on my blog at, at shakeuplearning.com. And then uh, what, Matt, are we going to drop a Bitmoji again in this episode? <laughs> yes. How did you guess? Yes. This isn't just going to be a standard Bitmoji. We're going to drop custom Bitmojis. This oh, yeah. Is, this is pretty cool. So um, my friend Mandy Tolan, I did a shout out to her blog actually in the last episode. So this is like two episodes in a row where I'm geeking out about Mandy's blog posts. Go so, Mandy. I know. Yeah. So I have seen that Mandy many times in um, Twitter chats and in various tweets that she will put in these bitmojis where her little bitmoji person is wearing a ditch that textbook t-shirt. And I'm like, oh, that is, that's pretty cool. How, how did you do that exactly? And so she must have had enough people ask her that she wrote a whole blog post about this. And she talks about how she'll pull a bitmoji into a Google drawing and then she'll add new things to it and then she'll save it as a new image. And she even talks about how she integrates it with Google Keep so she can draw, drag them into her uh, documents and her other files quickly and easily. So um, this is definitely one worth checking out. And she shows how you can kind of like, like, like she did, add the logos to your shirts. Sometimes there are ones where the little bitmoji is holding up a sign. And so you can put different words inside of the sign. And I mean, it's, it's a really, really neat, neat idea. So definitely one worth checking out there. Love it. Thanks for that, Mandy. So we've had a lot in this episode. I think, uh, you know, we are trying really hard to not have these go long, but we <laughs> seem to have a lot of content to share. So I hope everyone has, has enjoyed the interview and a special thank you to Mason for joining us today and, and sharing the insight about the Google Innovator Academy. But I, I thoroughly enjoyed it and I hope you did too. Yeah, yeah. Mason was, was awesome. Dropped lots of great knowledge bombs and 
uh, explained some things to us and gave us kind of a peek behind the curtain. So we hope you've enjoyed it. Of course, check out our show notes at googleteachertribe.com slash 28. If you're not subscribed on iTunes or in Google Play or any of the other places that you listen to podcasts, please go ahead and do that. Also, if you get a chance to leave a rating or review on iTunes, that would be greatly appreciated. And so until next time, we will see you on the next episode of the Google Teacher Tribe. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and by visiting googleteachertribe.com. Get in on the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag GTTribe. Until next time, keep harnessing the G Suite power, and may the Googles be with you.